What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Where Optimal Meets Practical, where we talk all things training, nutrition, and mindset optimization, while making sure to not lose sight of the practical and applicable side of things. I'm your host, Jordan Lips, and I just wanted to say thank you for taking time out of your day to tune in. I appreciate you. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Where Optimal Meets Practical. Today, I'm blessed to have with me Jared Hamilton, coach, content creator, master of fat loss psychology, or we're about to, <laughs> we're about to find out. How's it going, dude? I'm good, man. How are you? Very good. Very good. Excited to jump into today's topics. But for, you know, I, I would hope that pe- most people listening to this, my clients, my following know who you are, but if they don't, give us a little rundown of who you are, how you got into fitness, what you do, why you love what you do hit me. Yeah. So, um, so Jared Hamilton, I live in here, uh, in Indiana, in the States, uh, 28 years old, you know, like long walks on the beach and chainsaws, like, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, it's, uh, no, I actually got into the fitness industry kind of on an accident. Um, it's interesting because tried, and I'll try to make this, this not like an hour long, like biography, but, uh, basically you're talking to, to, to a, a fat kid, right? Like I, you know, as a kid struggled with my weight, hardcore, like I can, like, it's interesting. I can remember when I was like 12 being like scared to go to pool parties and take my shirt off. Like I was that stereotypical kid tried to diet all this crazy stuff. Used to spend more money on supplements than I did on groceries. Like the whole, <clears throat> the whole stereotypical trendy diet or yo-yo diet or people pleaser, the whole nine yards. Well, then ca- came around time to go to college. I had no clue what I wanted to do with my life, but fitness was kind of neat. Uh, I, I, the, this, the human body fascinated me, like just like how things work from like a mechanical standpoint. And so I'm like, oh, physical therapy, let's go that route. But then I decided I didn't want to get a doctorate because screw $200,000 in debt. And, uh, <laughs> but, but during the process of me going to school, I ended up going, uh, taking a personal trainer class. It was, it was, uh, I remember the course was hyper 216 and it was current concepts in physical fitness. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Like it's basically a personal trainer prep class put on by NASM. And I was like, all right, this is cool. Like I get college credits to work out. So like, and then show people how to work out. So was, this was, is cool. Was and hyper, mind was you hyper that short this, for hypertrophy. What was the, why was it? No, uh, it was, it's a normal in the, in the, I guess the university world hyper was, uh, is just what, what was hyper stand for? for hyper kids uh, who need to work out. I get it. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> yeah, ADD kids. Uh, it's uh, it was basically like the university's like abbreviation for their sports gotcha, physiology gotcha. kind of stuff. But um, so and it, it was cool. It's put on by NASM. It was a full it was basically their CPT prep class where like you had practicals, you like had the program designed for clients to put them through workouts. It was it was awesome. So uh, mind you, the prior to this, I got into working out. I'd started working out around 14 or 15 years old. So I've been in the gym for three, four years, really started to fall in love with muscles and physiology and all this stuff um, and kind of the nerdy side of it. And then the whole time I was also in martial arts. So like, that's what really started my fascination with teaching because I, that's what my first job was when I was in martial arts, I got hired on as an assistant instructor where I was leading classes, conducting private lessons, teaching people like the biomechanics of how to kick someone in the face, like (laughs) that kind of thing. So like I love this whole time, like outside of like personal training or fitness, I love teaching. I love physiology and I loved like, and I love, and I've always had this underlying passion for helping people and being kind of naturally uh, entrepreneurial, if, if you will. And so I went to school, found out this whole personal trainer thing. And I'm like, this is dope. Like, this is cool. And then um, at the end of the class, the, the uh, you basically could take your test and become certified. And I'm like, 
no brainer. Like, okay. And then I ended up doing that and got, uh, was, was, I guess the only one in the class to like go take their trainer exam. And, uh, and so I got certified and my thought process was, this is fun. I can make okay money while I'm in school. So I just scheduled all my clients around classes. So I started this whole thing as like a side hobby. Had no idea. Fast forward to, uh, to now, to, uh, about a decade later, where things would be at. I had no idea I was going to get into online coaching to where the whole, I, I have clients all over the planet. And, and, and now I more than anything dive into the psychology around fitness and fat loss and results and all of this, this stuff, more of the headspace. So less about like the five best ways to clean, train your glutes and more along the, Hey, why don't we stop binge eating once and for all? Or, or Hey, how about we like never yo-yo diet again? Um, but I've been doing it for about a decade. Um, and it's kind of where things are at. It's pretty, pretty cool. Do you think that that, that angle, not angle, but the, the place that you come from in terms of what you really focus on, you're passionate about is because you kind of came from something where you, you were maybe struggling with those things. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Like I, I got thinking about it and some of my like underlying, like big things that drive me, I got thinking about one day and it's just, I can't stand the two things I can't stand is number one, suffering people that suffer. I cannot stand it. And number two, the concept of settling. Like I see, like I have like the most amazing wife on the planet and I just don't understand people who settle, um, for like in terrible relationships or they settle for, you know, what they want to do with their life or they settle for a job they hate because it makes okay money versus they're really passionate about this thing over here that doesn't stereotypically make as much money. I just hate the concept of settling and suffering. And I just, I remember vividly as a kid, as a young trainer, uh, where basically I, I struggled, I suffered. I was ready to like completely sacrifice everything I had to just look good. Like I wanted abs so bad i didn't care if i started or if i or if i literally worked out three hours a day if i literally got up before sunrise to go running because i thought i had to or I, I was just so so in that place but then when i realized you don't have to like give up your life or your mental health or like your sanity to just look good it was game changing but unfortunately that's where most people are at most people are in a place where they are ready to completely give up their marriage their livelihood their happiness so they can have bicep veins and abs you know what i mean Yep. What is, um, and you kind of answered a little bit. I, I wanted to hear about maybe there was something while you were still figuring all this out that for everybody out there, who's trying to figure it out, like you're going to fuck up. You're going to do crazy shit that you look back and you're like, man, that was dumb. Like how could yeah. I even have thought that that was okay? Like, mm -hmm. is there something that jumps out to you from your past? You're like, what the fuck was I thinking? Uh, everything I teach, <laughs> like bro, like everything I used to think, like, like I literally could give you like a, an hour long like everything and this is the thing is people got to understand like life can always is happening for you and not to you if you let it right you can always turn or turn something around and let it serve you so like for for example all the stuff that i struggle with as a young kid and a young a young coach it now serves me i can relate to my clients more than ever because i used to think carb store fat i used to think fruit stored fat i used to think you had to eat every three hours i used to think you had to train like a bodybuilder i used to think all these things i used to think you had to suffer i used to think that you know insulin stored fat, whatever. Um, but now that even though that like, yeah, that sucked while it was happening, but now I can relate to clients more than ever where they're like, no, Jared carb store fat. I'm like, actually I used to think that too. And here's why I don't think it anymore. And I can tell the story versus just spitting a bunch of trainer facts at someone. You know what I mean? Yep. For sure. I think that that's the best place to come from. It's like, I used to think this, this is how I got out of it. Yep. I'm going to pay that forward. And that's very, I mean, super common. 
um, just like where a lot of us come from as coaches. Like this was my experience. This is how I got of it, uh, how I got out of it, and I'm gonna pay it forward. Um, and yeah. I, I was telling you offline beforehand, like whenever I have somebody coming on, I just binge a ton of their content, and I'm like, let me pick out a couple things that I just really love <laughs> and that I selfishly want you to expand upon. And yeah. one of them was, and I, I'm not, I don't want it to be too leading because I want it to be coming from you, but you mentioned dieting. First of all, you have some of like my favorite sound bites. So I have plenty of them written down here. So one of them was about dieting from the inside out versus dieting from the outside in. And yeah. without me kind of going into it, what did, what did you mean <laughs> by that? And what does that look like? What is somebody who's doing it, you know, in the opposite way that they should? What does that look like versus what, what right. would you want it to look like? Yeah. So, so here's the thing anymore. All my content is so much around your headspace and your mental health and like your own inner psychology and your own internal work, because that, that's the thing in most people's shit they struggle with, whether it be their old belief systems around dieting, whether it be completely blatantly wrong information, whether it be old path that just keeps these old zombies from the past like you used to struggle with binging and now you don't but now like you all of a sudden have these urges to binge or whatever all these things that's not a calories and strength training thing that's not a diet problem that's not a workout periodization problem it's an internal problem right unfortunately the fitness industry has a tendency to be stuck in the 1970s when arnold was competing but then you have like the world of mental health like I coach a lot of therapists and they talk about this as well like it's like the mental health world the inner work world in the fitness world have never been together. But in my opinion, you can't have, they're not, they're not mutually exclusive. You have to have them both together because too often people are not willing to address their headspace problems or their internal problems or their emotions. And they're just like, just give me the diet. Just give me the workout program. Just give me the pill. Just give me the whatever this external outside thing without like tackling the inner game like the fact that most coaches when someone has trouble emotional eating most coaches just say we'll just go work out or just uh pick an apple or just uh just keep those foods out of the house like that doesn't fix the problem of you're not seeing your emotions you're not handling them right or if someone has a tendency to binge eat like and just go ballistic on food the fitness industry says just don't have those foods in your house just go work out just have an apple just drink water like that doesn't fix the problem you have to diet from the inside out, fix these issues, hold space for these issues and do the internal work if you want the outside to be there. It's like a mentor of mine years ago said, if you want to, cha uh, to change the fruit, you have to fix the root. You know what I mean? Like I just, if I've got a, the root cause of a problem is my internal work, right? If uh, like, for example, one of my girls that I do one-on-one -on -one work with was talking, we were talking about this yesterday. Um, she has a tendency to... Um, as soon as she, a lot of people do this. As soon as she starts to see some progress, she has, uh, something comes up, right? I'm sure you see that with your clients. As soon as they lose their first 10 pounds, as soon as they like finally get on a stride of being consistent, all of a sudden life happens. They got busy. They quit getting motivated. They had a, a negative emotions come up that caused them to fall off. Something happened. Well, that's not random. It's because it's what, it's part of what subconscious self-sabotage is, right? So many people, their mental program, as soon as they do well, they have to fuck it up and they fall off. And then as soon as they do well, they have to fuck it up. It's like we see the same programs happen in relationships and with money. You know, like people get uh, a bunch of money, then all of a sudden it burns a hole in their pocket and they have to spend it, right? Or as soon as like someone that has a habit of as soon as they're in a relationship for like three weeks, something happens and they break up. But like, it doesn't matter who it is. They just keep repeating that cycle because it's not a relationship issue or a money issue or a food issue. That's your own internal headspace issue in these programs that are just running rampant 
But again, most people don't realize that it's a program. Like you can't escape a jail you don't know you're trapped in. You know what I mean? Well, uh, well, why does that happen? Like, why is it that six weeks and the first six weeks can go so well and something can turn a corner and quote unquote life happens or this subconscious self-sabotage? Like, is it a factor of, I don't believe I deserve this, this good thing? Or is it that I, you know, it's now getting to the point where it's actually getting harder, you know, because, uh, you know, you have this honeymoon period and now we're in the weeds where it's like the first six weeks are honeymoon. Everything's going great. It's new. It's novel water loss. Like, and now, now I'm grinding and, and I haven't mm-hmm. built that foundation to sustain that grind. Is it, or is it also like, I don't believe I deserve this, or I don't believe that what I'm doing is actually long-term that I, I'm not actually bought into that. This is a real change I'm making. It's a thing I'm doing, you know, uh, that's a very deep question. And it, it can, and it's a, it's different for everyone, but a big reason, a massive reason is because no one is upgrading their thinking. There's something that I said in uh, last night on uh the mentorship call because I, I for those that don't know i teach uh i call it the psychology of fat loss it's a mentorship where i teach this stuff and what what i would it just flew out of my mouth and i never said it before so i'm like i literally stopped the call i'm like hang on i gotta write this down <laughs> and it was when you just simply lose weight and stay the same you mentally you'll go find the weight you lost because you didn't upgrade who you were here's the thing a mentor of mine said said it best and he says our minds are like a thermostat whereas if you don't upgrade where you're set at the in, ex, when the external environment changes you're gonna have to find a way to mess it up so for example <clears throat> if you're if my thermostat on my wall is set at 69 degrees and i'm a dumbass and leave the door open and it's indiana and it's hot and the room heats up to 80 my thermostat's going to go wait a second this isn't what we're set at let's kick the ac on and cool the room back off because my environment, the room, heated up from where the room is set at, so it has to cool it off. Well, how many times do we stay mentally the fat kid? Lose mentally stay down here when our environment's up here. It's just like a thermostat. All of a sudden, your subconscious goes, this is not where we're at, and you find some way to cool it off. Um, it's generally because we keep believing the old story. Right. Like, like you don't, so many, so many of our views around food and fitness and old patterns start are back from when we were like eight with like trauma or not being seen as a kid or whatever issue and some way deeper than others. But too often we believe the old story. Like you just said, some, some people believe they're not worth it. Some people believe this isn't going to pan out. Some people believe, and it's all the old stories. And the issue is our, our external environment is going to always be congruent with our story. So if you believe you are not worthy and worth what you want, you start to lose weight. Now you're not congruent. Now what's going to happen is you're going to find some way to mess it up. Because if you're internally like, I'm a fat piece of shit, that's not worth achievement. And you start achieving. Well, now that's like you, your mind's role is not to make you happy. Your, your mind's role is to survive. So what happens is, now you're not congruent with your thought process and your belief system. So if you're like, I'm not worthy, you be get results that's showing worthiness. Well, now it's like death to that story. So you go, I got to mess this up and it brings it back. And that's how subconscious self-sabotage happens. But here's the problem, dude. No one talks about this. I don't know a single other than maybe one or two. That's a really close friend of mine. I don't know any coach that talks about this stuff. It's just, no, just keep, <clears throat> just keep calorie deficit more or like just change your workouts up or just eat another apple. Like and those things all have their time in their place. But if you don't fix the story, your, your story and belief systems is the foundation of, of everything. But like, imagine this, here's one of my favorite examples. 
Imagine if you have a house, you're getting your custom dream home built and the contractors come to you and say, all right, we're going to get the foundation set, but it's going to take at least four months to get this foundation set where it can support the house and be around for a long time. And you just go, you know what? I don't need the foundation. Just go ahead and put the walls and ceiling up. It's fine. Like, first of all, it's going to be hell to try to get that house straight. Then number two, it's not going to be around for a hundred years. But too often people, this is the hard work. Tracking your calories, being consistent and strength training is not the hard work when it comes to this fat loss game. This inner work is the hard stuff. And this is where everyone falls off. It's why do you think some people thrive, they do really well with tracking their stuff and being consistent. And some people, that's the worst part. It's because so many people are fighting themselves this whole time. So many people are like fighting their own. It's, it's like a constant battle between biology and willpower, right? Because we're tied to the old story. We now have a new environment that does not, it's not aligned with the old story. And then it's like, we're fighting our own biology because it's like my, 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 my conscious says this, but my subconscious says this, but my gut says this, but like, and then no wonder it's so hard versus when you upgrade your, your thinking and start to really change from the diet, from the inside out, it's not that big of a deal to keep it going because you're literally becoming a different person. Again, too often people are saying the same person mentally and then trying to become a different person, staying the same mentally, the same physically different then they wonder why they have trouble keeping the physical change. It all comes back to you have to diet and change from the inside out. Yep. The, tr the truth is, and something that I'll often say is that any prog any physical progress made without mental progress alongside of it, or as a prerequisite almost is it would just be short lived and goes back to the thermostat example. Like obviously you're familiar with physically, physiologically people's body fat settling point, which yeah. works analogous with your mental settling point. If you move your body weight down 20 pounds, but you never, you know, mentally become or identify with the person who has a certain body or has certain habits and has certain headspace. Like you're going to, you're going to, like you said, go out and find those pounds again. And if you're like yeah. body fat settling, what obviously just has to do with maintaining a certain weight for a certain period of time and, and, and some other physiological factors, but mentally you need to become that person as well. Mentally, you need to move your settling point from the person who has a certain kind of self-talk to a person who, who has a different kind different. of self-talk. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it, that's, it's, that's exactly right. And then, and then if, because a lot of people will like around this time in the conversation, talk about how that's not like physiological or how that's not like, that sounds very philosophical and not tactical, but let me say this, where do you think the placebo effect comes from? Like everyone knows the placebo effect is a clinically used black and white evidence-based law. Because, because here's the thing, there's, a, there's another thing that uh, a mentor of mine said that I say all the time now is we don't get what we want, we get what we are. So if we want more, we have to become more. It's, it's why the placebo effect works. People that, when, when you have awkward aches and pains and the doctor says, take this pill and it'll go, all go away, and you take it and it, all, and it all went away and it was just like a sugar pill, it's because you now became a different person. When you took that, you didn't want the pain to go away. It's because the doctor who you believe is God said it would and that became part of your identity it's like this pill i know this pill takes my pain away not i hope it does it's i know this pill takes my it became it's another level deeper you know what i mean and and, and what's crazy is if we know we know thoughts and belief systems can make bad stuff happen we all know that like we know if you if if like us with a strength athlete if if they go up to the bench and they're like this is probably gonna suck they're, they're going to miss the, they're going to miss the lift. You know, if for those that, that are listening and have a kid 
and the kid starts their day off that says, man, today at school is going to be terrible. You know, there's no chance in hell of it going well. We know our thoughts and emotions and beliefs make bad stuff happen if our head's not in the right spot. Well, the universe also works on a law of polarity. So, which means if it can happen for bad, it can happen for good too. Just like switch off, it can go on as well. Yeah, I think that there's a there's a there's no surprise that people who are battling with like serious diseases are often told like optimism and positivity are actually very important in the in yeah. the research due to placebo effect. It's the most powerful supplement we have. I mean, they do studies where they literally give people water pills or like uh, uh, benign capsules and tell them it's mm -hmm. cholesterol medication and their cholesterol goes down and it's, yeah. you can call it whatever you want. You can call it law of attraction. You can call it believe, believing in, you know, like your belief manifesting into, you know, but we're talking about physiological adapt, like changes based on. It's just so believing. tactical. So it's it is so tactical. tactical. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's like we, we, here's what's interesting. We, and this is a, I swear, uh, I swear when I write my, when I write my book, it's going to, I'm going to have a whole chapter on this where when, when it we have all these standards with fitness and then outside of fitness, we have all these double standards, the stuff that we wouldn't let fly outside of fitness. We let fly inside of fitness. Um, and the same thing with examples, like for, like, like, uh, for example, we see cancer patients as terrible as it is. When the doctor says you have two months to live, you can look at the person and you literally saw the life leave them in that instant. And then they die at the two-month mark on the dot. It was almost like it was divine. But it's because they made the decision, oh, I have two months to live. And like it will, they will almost die to the T. But then you have people who the doctor says, look, every piece of data I have says you got two months to, to live. And the guy cusses the doctor out and says, bet, motherfucker. And he'll live and we've seen people live an extra 20 years after the time they were supposed to die, but we see both polarities and we know that's true, but then it comes to fitness and people are like, Oh no, that's not how it works. Sorry. I keep hitting my mic. It's it, it, we, it comes to fitness and people have this other double standard. And it's like, Oh no, that's not how it works. That's exactly how it works. You know? I also, I'm always, I'm never, uh, um, never not amazed at how people assume they're supposed to have this all figured out. So there's like, you're, your actual knowledge and, and understanding of the physiology of actually fat loss 101. But people assume they're supposed to have this all figured out. And when they don't, they get very overwhelmed. Like if anybody listen to this, if mm -hmm. you fat loss, if, if personal training or nutrition and, and physiology is not your, your area of expertise, which I'm pretty damn sure for most people it is not like, you're not supposed to have this all figured out. And then if you have to hire a coach or, or get into a mentorship group or go to, you know, get a couple friends together and get motivated. Like that is okay. Like yeah. you having shit from your past that you need to work through and you having not a lot of understanding or be able to parse out the bullshit that you hear. Like that's okay. Like you're, you're mm -hmm. it's not your job. You, you can only be so, you can only be good at so many things in this world. Like, and I always tell people, they're like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm like, that's okay. It's not your job to be able to parse through the marketing and understand that this is bullshit and be able to work through your own demons and, and self-talk yeah. and negativity. Like, that's what therapists are for. That's for that's what coaches to some degree are for. And it's if you're listening, like, and you were like, wow, I don't have my shit together. Like, it's okay. Like, you probably have your shit mm -hmm. together in other places. And it's okay 
And I want you to feel empowered to go seek out that help to yeah. fill that gap. And it's not your fault that you don't know all of these things and you're not super well up to date on the current research. Like, no shit. Like, it's not your job. It's okay to find somebody yeah, to man. fill that gap. It's it, it, well, again, it's another double standard. Like I said, inside and outside of fitness, you know, I don't know a single person that feels guilty or bad to drive their car because they don't understand how the engines works. I don't know how the fuck my car works. All I know is I turn the key and it goes room and that's and I can drive. I don't. And then when my car breaks down, you sure as hell no, I don't. I'm not going to try to tinker with it. Go to a guy that knows how to fix it. But I'm not going to not drive my car because I don't understand how my car works. Right. And the inner workings of water pumps and systems and like, I don't know, like I, I, I don't. That's that's how little I know about cars. I can fill up my gas tank and change a flat. That's about it. But I don't let that affect my ability to drive my car that's the thing but most everyone's in that situation most everyone doesn't know how to take apart their car engine but they're still like fine driving it it's the same it's it's another double standard but when it comes to fitness everyone acts like they have to have every facet fully figured out and under, understood and that's not the case you know yep for sure for sure i find you said you mentioned the word double standard and i'm going to pivot to another use of that but it's like when you adopt or when you identify or when you you know self-proclaim that you're an all-or-nothing person and i mean there are just such bullshit it, it's it's such bullshit for a lot of reasons and i think i'm i'll start by saying i think it's a validation for the nothing part and i think that you the absolutely the, you deciding that you're an all-or-nothing person is giving you an out to do nothing it's a and, cop out yeah it's a cop out and, and you might be somebody who very much when you want here's the deal you can rephrase i'm an all-or-nothing person to hey when i really care about something i do it 100 percent. that's cool but that doesn't mean when you don't care about something a lot that you don't do it at all. It's your yeah. it's your your rationalization to not recognize the middle ground and to do nothing when it suits you. And that's yeah. cool. You, that's I understand that like you can do you probably go all in on certain things in life, but that is a you are just leaving that door open to do nothing at all because it's easier to do that than it is to recognize that doing something's always better than doing nothing. There's when you when someone says I'm an all or nothing person, and then they use that to validate lack of results, lack of action. Um, it's a cop out. It's because uh, now you don't have ownership. Well, I couldn't do that because I'm an all or nothing person. It lacks ownership versus the phrase you said, when I am passionate about something, I'm all in on it. Now there's ownership because you basically said, I'm not passionate about that. So I don't do it. Now we have ownership. I have so much respect when a person says, yeah, I was lazy as fuck and didn't do anything. Like I'm like, respect bro like owner ownership is one of the best things you can do it have like max amount of ownership over everything even if something's not your fault you know how many people i know like it's interesting you know how many people i'll see like on instagram that say i can't lose weight because i have high, i because uh i have pcos but then i coach a shit ton of girls with pcos and they're like yeah it's harder but i still watch what i eat i still control my stuff and i'm shredded now it's the same thing but here's why i'm not a i have two thoughts on the all or nothing mentality number one I'll get into how it's bullshit here in a second, but let's put it this way. That's a story. Like we talked about your an old identity. If it doesn't, even if it's true, if it doesn't serve you to believe it, reject it, right? Like, let's put it this way. What if I was nervous to come on your podcast? I love speaking. I love talking, especially about this stuff. But what if I was nervous? I got a little bit of stage fright. Would it serve me to believe it and be like, I know I'm, I'm just scared to talk in front of people. This mic comes up and I'm just scared. Like, of course not. And it goes against the goals I have, right? So even if an, an identity is true, if it no longer serves you to believe it, 
then don't. If you know I'm an all or nothing person and it keeps me held back, like I would quit saying that and adopting it as your own. Like you wouldn't let a little kid go every time he brushes his teeth, say I'm a worthless piece of shit that won't amount to anything because you know, it'll come true. Right. It's the same thing with this. When people say I'm an all or nothing person, I'm an all in or all out person. Um, I'm just, uh, if I can't have one, I, I don't want any of it at all. Or if I start on the chips, I can't stop eating them. Like those are all old stories that don't have to be your reality. You know, when people go, I'm addicted to food. Like, well, if you keep saying that you will be, it's, that's part of part number one. Part number two is I have yet to meet a single all or nothing person in my life. And I've been coaching people for a decade. I have yet to meet a single one because uh, and actually I would argue I am proud. My natural personality is more all or nothing than almost I've yet to meet someone who's more naturally all or nothing than me. And I'm not even an all or nothing person. And here's why I say that. Uh, I'll tell you a story of a conversation I had. I had one of my girls that I coach she was on a phone call and she's like, yeah, it's, we were going over her, what she's struggling with. And she's like, I'm just such an all or nothing person, Jared. Like I'm with, I just, I just go so hard or not at all. And she's, and, and what's interesting is they, people wear it like a badge of honor. I literally They're like, I'm an all or nothing quote. person yeah. as it's a good thing. And it's, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, okay, respect. Cool. You're all or nothing person. I said, can I ask you a couple questions though? She's like, yeah, I said, uh, and she, she, she really likes to, uh, she has a lot of uh, schooling credentials and she, likes to, she gets a lot of gratification out of those as she should. So I, I was using that in our conversation. I said, you, you, you're, you're an attorney, right? And she's like, yeah. I said, but you're an all or nothing person. She's like, absolutely. And I go, when you were in school, did you ever get a B? And she goes, yeah. And I go, so why didn't you drop out? Cause you're all or nothing. And she's like, uh, Oh yeah, I guess you're right. I said, let me ask you something else. I said, have you ever dropped like your iPhone in the screen? Like got a crack or two in it, but it still worked but it like it got a crack or two in it she's like oh yeah all the time and i said what'd you do she's like kept using it and i go why didn't you just like stomp on it until it didn't turn on again because you're an all or nothing person and she's like oh i said i said let me ask you one more i said have you ever like gone to go to work and uh you were like wait late to work because of traffic she's like yeah and i said so did you quit because that because that means you're you're an all or nothing person. You either show up on time or you you don't oh, work wow. there. And she goes, "Oh yeah." And I gave her a couple more of these examples. And I said, "Here's the issue." And I say this with all the love in my heart. I say, "We're not an and we are none of us are all or nothing people. We just act like it when it comes to fitness." It's again, it goes back to that double standard, right? How often do we see all this stuff? We we say, "I'm an all or nothing person in fitness," but like in your family life, you you strive for work life balance. You strive for uh these middle grounds everywhere but when it comes to fucking fat loss we have cheat days good food bad food if i can't have one oreo if i can't have all the oreos i don't want any oreos i have to suffer like we have all these all or all or nothing mentalities for fitness and food but we are not like that in any other area of our life in our other areas of our life we have happiness you know so why don't we bring that to here and then not not suffer anymore I, the whole time you're talking, and, and the more I talk about this, I try and think, okay, what are the, what makes nutrition, eating, fitness, what makes it, what makes it different? What makes it, what lends itself to this style of thinking? Is it, you know, it, it, it boggles my mind. I can't, I can't, I, I can't help but think it's this. I can't. I don't want to take the responsibility away from people, but I can't help but think that there's a marketing component about go hard, go home, like hashtag no ta no days off, team no days off, like. Like mm -hmm. you said, there's nowhere in your life that you're like this. Like, why is it 
so often that people turn to the all or nothing mindset in fitness. I, and maybe because it's, I, I, I want to say because it's hard, but you have, going to law school is hard. hard. Everything's right? hard. You know, you, you, if you, like, you, do what's best for you in the moment and when you, you when you get a flat tire you don't slash out the other three because that's not best for you when you drop your phone yep. you don't stomp on it because that's not best for you and yep. when you have a bad uh, a, a, a meal off your plan or uh, uh, something that you weren't trying to eat to like and then you go and binge for the entire weekend like that doesn't make any sense that is not mm -hmm. what's best for you um but it's this 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 feeling of like validation of like okay I'm I'm you know I've made this decision all or nothing is a choice I've made this decision that now I'm identifying with this and like yep. you said speaking it into an, into existence where I just leave that door open to do nothing when I feel like mm -hmm. it and that's just easier for me than guess what when you have a when you go to a barbecue and you planned on just having like one plate with a protein and a plant and you know non-alcoholic beverage and great and you don't do that at all it is harder to just get back on track mentally. So that's why you yeah. don't do it. It's not because I'm an all or nothing person. It's because the yeah. gray area is more difficult. And man, if, if it's the more difficult option, it's just it's just usually the better option, the easy way out. I mean, we all know that, that there's no, like very rarely is the easy way out sure. correlated with the, the right option. Yeah. See, I think there's a few things because I think it's a, it's part of this. I think it's, it's a very multifaceted thing. I think a big reason and again, I don't, I'm not trying to take ownership off of anyone, but I think a big issue is it's the, it's the level of consciousness around the game. I think so. I think part of it is everything from what our favorite influencers are doing to what uh, marketing components are to what, uh, where the fitness and fat loss world's been since the 19th. I told you, like I said, man, it's stuck in the Arnold era. People are still ref like, even if you're not a bodybuilder, dude, the amount of like, 55 year old women I know doing arm days because that was when a muscle and fit, fitness magazine or a flex magazine is astounding. I think, I think it's because the entire consciousness around this game of fitness fat loss hasn't been elevated. I, it, that's, and that's why when people like, once they get it, they work with someone like you or work with someone like me and they're like, Oh, I can have flexibility. I can have all this stuff. I can do this. All of a sudden it's like that. I, I, it's like the whole four minute mile all over again, right? At one point in time, the four minute mile was impossible. Doctors said your heart would explode. Experts said it is physiologically not even a thing. And then some cocky son of a bitch said, bet, watch, and did it. Hold my and bear. Then like, oh, <laughs> dude, but then within like a week, 20,000 yeah. more people yeah. did it. Yeah. It's because consciousness and awareness in a heartbeat got changed. That's it. It's, it's like with my, I, there, there's, I have a specific strategy I use with, with clients about how to fix their relationships with food and this mentality. And part of it step starts with your headspace isn't going to be going to be in check yet. Cause too often our body tells our minds what to think. And like when we start incorporating these foods that they deemed as bad in their diet and they lose weight in, in like an, in, it's the ma most magical thing yep. ever. When I start having someone who was scared of food and thought carb stored fat and thought they had to do all this old stupid stuff. And I start having, I say, it is now part of your program to have a Snickers bar every day. It is now part of your program to only work out two days a week and have a Snickers bar every day and eat more calories than you ever have or whatever it is. And then they do this stuff. They, they start to do the actions and they're not meant yet, but then they get results it's out of nowhere, everything became a line and they go, I get it now. And then they don't suffer anymore. It's, it's, it, I could be wrong, 
but I think it's just consciousness around it as a whole is stuck back at where it was. That's why I think it's getting better. You know, like right now I, I'm starting to see more people talk about like, like it's like mental health, right? Uh, I used to be stuck in the old consciousness around mental health where I thought only suicidal psychotic lunatics went to therapists and talked about mental health. Cause I grew up in a house that that was crazy. You people, we don't go to therapists. We don't do that. We don't talk about our emotions, but then I started hanging around people and started the right people and started becoming aware of this stuff. And now I'm in therapy and it's the best thing ever. And uh, I talk about mental health every day and how it ties to fat loss. It's because the consciousness around it got raised. And I think that's where it is with the fitness world. And I think it's getting better, but there's a lot of it that's still stuck in back. Like the fact that's 2020 and people still think carb store fat, like, come on. <laughs> there's a, there's, there's just, I think knowledge and education is super important. I think when yeah. I bring a coaching client on, like part of my job is to educate you so that in six months, a year from now, like you don't need me anymore. Like yep. you can, if somebody asks you why you're doing what you're doing, or they ask you about carbs making you fat, like I want those people to be armed with the answers. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it's about like what you said, it's about acting in, you know, in spite of being afraid. And even if you know, even if logically you or I, or they've seen something like carbs don't make you fat explained on the internet and it's very logical and wow that makes perfect sense like uh, you know every study ever done high carb or high fat like calorie protein equated like shows the same fat loss yeah. like i could tell you till you're blue in the face but often it's doing the thing in spite of the fear that yeah. is actually going to change you and i find that when you were saying that i was like a lot of times clients you know, uh, when this happens is like when clients come back from vacation, they're like very afraid. And I'm like, hey, like whatever weight you've gained is going to come back off in two seconds. Like just get back to doing what you're doing. And yep. you have two options. You can either get on the scale and we can watch this happen, which I think is a very uh, good exercise to go through. Or you could yeah. not. And, and all I care about is that you you are mentally in a good space to just go back to doing what you're doing. And then you had a good time. And there's no guilt. But I find often that going through the thing like you said pushing yourself to have the food or do the thing or work out less or have more calories or have the treat like and still find out that nothing happens like doing it in spite of the fear and finding out that everything's gonna be okay is what mm -hmm. you have to do to to actually get over that obstacle and and working out less is a huge one that i find out yeah i have very rarely taken on a client and be like, all right, we're going to up your training. But almost every yeah. time I take on a client, I'm like, okay, we're going to go to three, four times a week. And when it's yeah. time to work, we're going to work. And when it's time to rest, yep. we're going to rest. And you'll see that it's less about always doing something and more about when you're doing something, do it with intent and reduce your training and mm -hmm. go through the, you know, I'm like, hey, if you came to me training six days a week, hey, we're going to train four and you're going to do it for yep. eight to 12 weeks. And then if you still want to do six, when, when we're done with that, you can go back and do it, but it's just never happened. So yes, sometimes you just have to freaking do it and find out yeah. that it's going to be okay. Well, that's the thing, man. It's, 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 it's like the concept of your body tells your mind what to think, right? It's again, your, your mind's role is not to make you happy. It's for survival. Your mind, the way your brain works is not self enlightenment and open up to possibilities. Your brain's role is to keep you alive and to prove you right. So whatever your basic underlying belief systems are that are probably around since you were about eight are still stuck in that old way. So no wonder most people struggle with this. It's, it's why doing what you know in, is right in opposition to what your emotions are saying. Because that's the thing, how often, how often, how, because again, I mean, it's just knowing that your brain is operated by survival which, which is a, a, a very interesting place to be because if you're constantly in survival mode, you're not open to possibilities. You're not open to uh, benefit. You're not open to all this other stuff. If your mind is constantly in 
I got to prepare for the worst thing to happen. You're not going to be open to like, maybe I could do things better. Maybe I could have a better life. Maybe, maybe I don't have to suffer because excuse me, if you're in survival mode, you're like, okay, I'm suffering, but I'm going to prepare. So I don't suffer anymore because I'm going to wait for the worst thing possible to happen. So I can be prepared for it. And then you almost bring that into your life. You know, it's like the worst thing that could possibly happen does because you were preparing for it. You were waiting for it. You almost damn near brought it here. You know what I mean? Whereas taking a step back and not living in survival mode, because here's the reality is most people live in survival mode because of their childhood. It's some unresolved negative emotions or trauma or uh, not being seen. That's where I naturally find myself. My, my, you know, you reset a phone and it goes to its default systems. My default system is survival mode from some shit from when I was a little kid. And I, I know it does. Here's, and here's the thing. It, it doesn't serve me anymore. Here's the reality. You don't wear the clothes you used to wear when you were eight, but most of us, because you've outgrown them. Most of us operate on the same belief systems that we had when we were eight, but guess what? We've outgrown them. What the, the, the survival mode, the old paradigms, the old mental processes you have that most people struggle with, like I said, started when you were eight because it served you when you were eight. But we're adults now and we don't need those. And part of it's like, we just have to let go. There's a, there's a gentleman I study. Uh, his name's Kyle Cease that says, when you pee in part of the pool, you pee in the whole pool, right? It's, it's, it's the same thing. When you hold on to these old thought processes and head spaces and mental paradigms, it's peeing in part of the pool of your life. So like you have to like, it taints everything else. You know what I mean? For sure. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of, if every, if, if, if you're to sit with somebody for long enough and whether you're a psychologist or just a, a coach using some motivational interviewing tactics and you start to go deeper and you ask why and then go another step deeper and ask why and another step deeper and ask why and you get down to more fundamental reasons for wanting something, it comes down. I mean, I'm not blaming parents here, but there's a lot that goes into those like first, you know, 12 years of your life around yeah, dude. food psychology and exercise psychology and I get asked, I'm not a parent, um, but I get asked a lot, what can I do to help my kids make exercise and, you know, healthful habits more the the baseline normal? And it's like, man, make them the baseline normal for you. And mm -hmm. you set your kids up for like not having to deal with as many mental hurdles and yeah. not having to, like you said, outgrow all of these like – cool like if if you know what would be easier it'd be easier if i could just fit into the clothes that i was wearing before like when yeah. i was eight and it, and if you don't have to outgrow it because you started off with a really nice thing or really like yeah more level more balanced more right. accepting um baseline of self-talk then you you don't have as far to go and that i mean the the correlation between obesity and, and mental health are like v extremely tight and yeah. for, for good reason it's Crazy. not it's it's less it's less physiological and if you look into somebody's upbringing a lot of times you're like man you live in an obesogenic environment you live in an environment where and, and it's not just weight gain it, it's it's the the relationship with food and exercise but often they, they come in they come in tandem there and you can find mm -hmm. out a lot just by saying what was your upbringing like what are your parents like what words did they use what what were their habits you know and um that is and i've, I've heard you talk about like asking why and why and breaking down those barriers yeah, and dude. coming from i want to lose 10 pounds to like I want to. They're crying, you know, talking about their relationship with their dad or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 man, the ninety percent of people that that hear us say that are going to be like, "That's just foofy," and that's one of those many mindfulness slash, you know, things that have nothing to do with the 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 X's and O's of fat loss. There, if people were just to fucking sit down for ten minutes and do it, you'd learn so much. I have clients who they want to count calories and they have a good baseline knowledge, and great, I can offer them a lot. 
And I have other people that don't want to count calories, shouldn't count calories, aren't ready to do any of that. Mm-hmm. And the progress they need to make is the stuff we're talking about. It's like, hey, sit yeah. down and say, why am I eating this food? Or uh, how is this food serving me? Or how do I feel after physically and mentally after I eat this food, after I have a dessert or something like that? But it just, every time I say it, it part of my mind is like, man, are, I really hope this person does it because it's the, it's it's not what they want. And sometimes you have to give people what they want before you they, you can give them what they need. But sure. in this case, it needs to be a step-by-step process. It needs to be a prerequisite. Mm-hmm. It's like we handle the shit first. You sit down, you keep a notepad. When I'm eating, this is how I'm feeling or uh, this is why I'm eating this. This is the, how this food is serving me. These are the thoughts I'm having as I'm eating it. Like if people were to do that and it sounds foofy, it sounds granola-y, but man, if you were to just actually do that, spend a little bit of time, you would lay that foundation before you change the, the the shades of the curtain, you know, you just set yourself up for much. You can do whatever you want from there. Yeah. No, if, if you're, if here's the thing people need to understand and, and here's, and it's one of the reasons why food can be kind of difficult is it's the concept of if, if you're not hungry, don't eat, right? It's super simple. Eat when you're hungry, stop when you're full. And if you feel like you have to eat when you're not hungry, it's your body trying to tell you something. Right. But we also live in a culture where food is so much uh, where it's so much more than just fuel. Right. I, it's one of my biggest pet peeves when you get all these Instagram influencers on their social high horse saying that uh, that, oh, food is food is just fuel, uh, nothing else. And it's like, no, no it's we, we like you're telling me you're not going to. First of all, you're telling me you're, you don't have a, a, a cabinet full of seasonings that make things taste better. You're telling me you're not going to have birthday cake at your six year old's birthday party because daddy's on a diet. You're telling me when you've celebrated a, a, a 20 years of marriage, you're not going to take you and your partner out to and have wine and food and all this stuff like get real. It's we don't we don't live in that world. You can we use food to celebrate. You can live What's in that, that world. You can. Food mm-hmm. can be just fuel, but it's a miserable fucking life, and it's not something that well, to be envious of. And you're not a, prof- well, if you're and a here's professional the other- athlete, maybe. But I'll, you can pull any professional athlete right now, bring them on the podcast. You don't tell me that they eat for pleasure as well. So if you are eating for fuel and you're not a professional fucking athlete, what are right. you doing? And professional athletes would look at you and tell you what you're doing. So you're yeah. in this position where like I- I'm not doing anything anybody should be doing. Yep. Well, here, thing, here's my favorite analogy is saying food is purely fuel. I'm sorry. F- saying food is purely fuel and nothing else is like saying your house is purely shelter from the storm and nothing else, which means right now, if I look around my house, I have a couch, I have paint on the walls. I have a giant clock. I have mirrors. I have pictures. I have things that make the house feel warm. I have a lamp. I have uh, dogs walking around my house. I have uh like my wife has like made the room look mat like it matches and it's all these intentional things to make it feel warm and like a home. But what if I said, no, my house is only shelter from the storm. And it was literally just like studs and drywall and nothing else. And it was ugly and there was n- nothing to make it feel good. Like that would be dumb, but that, but it's like the same thing to say food is only fuel and nothing else is just the most ignorant thing I've ever seen because it's not. It's so much more. We use food to celebrate, to mourn, to um, fellowship with each other, to experience, to do all sorts of stuff. One of my, one of the best things my wife and I, I do is, uh, is we go out to, we go, her and I go out to eat quite a bit because that's what we do uh, to spend time with each other. Our lives are pretty crazy. So the one thing we do is frequently we just go get dinner. And it's not about the food. It's about us sitting down and connecting, 
but we food is part of it. It's part of the experience, our interaction with the waitress. It's it's the whole the whole thing. But if to just say food is only fuel and I must have only chicken breast, rice, and broccoli, my relationship with my wife would suffer. You know what I mean? It's 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 one of those things. I think I think we both would we'd be remiss to not at least mention that. Okay, let's say, and I know people listening can't hear me or can't see me, but on one end of the spectrum you have food is fuel, and the other end of the spectrum you have food is pleasure and comfort and and i'm talking extreme food is only fuel versus food is only pleasure and comfort right i will say that some people probably tilt well first of all there's people on both ends of that spectrum that should come inward towards the middle but there are certainly people who need to start recognizing food as a correlate to how i feel and how i perform and how it refers to the rest of my goals and that it is also fuel but again for every person on either end of the extreme they should realize it's also the other thing and i think i certainly Mm -hmm. deal with people who come to me only treating food as comfort or primarily as comfort and pleasure and need That's to bad. start to recognize how it, it it's direct effect on how I feel, how I perform, my quality of my life, my my longevity. Mm-hmm. So there, there's definitely both ends of the spectrum and it should be both of those things. And it should be like you're talking about sometimes one thing and sometimes another thing. Yeah. Uh, you scroll through Instagram, you flick through your thumb through, you're going to see every Instagram's 10,000 calorie challenge, your cheat meal, my post-workout pizza, but man, most people's the person that you're thinking of, your fitfluencer. If it's me, if it's it might some a lot of my followers follow my girlfriend as well. Man, sometimes it's pizza and we're out to dinner and it's a glass of wine. And sometimes yeah. it's you know chicken and broccoli chicken and, and broccoli. brown rice. Right, exactly. So recognizing that it should be both, and sometimes more towards one, and sometimes yeah. more towards the other. And when it's time for it to be one thing, embrace that it is that mm-hmm. thing in your pre-workout meal. If your if your goal is like and pre, first of all you don't even need a fucking pre workout meal but let's say that's something you're focused on for whatever reason like you're probably not you're probably gonna turn up how much of you is caring about how this is gonna affect your performance and you're turning down the hedonic mm-hmm. version or the hedonic factors of how much am I gonna enjoy right. this so when is it one thing when is it the other when is it the time for each thing and man if you're on either end of the spectrum you need to embrace the other direction a little bit yep. Here, here, here's my biggest, if, if someone doesn't take anything else from this, this episode, this is, this is one of the biggest factors that will make your life. And you can apply this to anything, but especially fat lossy, nutrition, fitness stuff is it's ne- extremes are bad. Every extreme is bad. Think about it. It's, it's, it's literally there's in anything successful, there's a dichotomy, right? Let's, let's correlate it to, uh, to like, let's say owning a business, you can, overlead your team and which is called micromanaging. Okay. That's bad. But what if you underlead your team? Now they don't have a support system. Where's the, where's the magic somewhere in the middle. And sometimes you got to like lean more one way or lean more the other way. Like let's say you and your girlfriend, you could be too much up her ass. You could literally like, if you're scared to leave her site and you will not leave her site, that's, she probably won't want to be with you because you're too attached. But what if you're like, all right, I'll see you in six months then you're not enough attached. There's a balance there. Extremes are always bad in nutrition. Like is food, food only fuel? Absolutely not. Is it still fuel? A hundred percent. You still need to eat the quality of your foods matter. The, 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 where well, the foods and how it makes you feel and becoming aware of, you know, how I feel off this or how I feel off this and having a balance where it's more than just calories. But then there's part of it where it's like, you are a normal person living in the normal society where like you have a six-year-old, you better take that little sucker to get ice cream after his baseball game. There's that side of it too, where it's not one or the other. And here's the issue though. Here's what I see. I think people live in the extremes because it's easy. It's easy to say, no, food's only comfort. Like, no. Okay. But it's easy for these people on their high horse to say food is only fuel. 
it's extremes are easy because it doesn't require thinking. When you say, I will not have Oreos because Oreos are bad, it's easy. You can just never have them in your house and you never have issues. But if you say, I'm only, I have to eat all the Oreos because you can't have just one because you've never worked on discipline and willpower in your relationships with food. The middle ground requires the most discipline, the most amount of thought process, and the most amount of immediate effort before you get to a maintenance level where you don't struggle with it. It's, it's like your job, right? Anytime someone starts a new job, it's a little obsessive at first because you're there more, you're pulling more hours, you're trying to figure it out. But then once you get the hang of it, you have a really good work-life balance. But it took a minute to find it. But the issue is people live on each spectrum and there's no, there's, there's no happiness or no success in, e in each spectrum only. Yeah, very similar to all, all, all or nothing mentality. It's just like very, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's all the carbs or none of the carbs. It's high carb or low carb or no carb or keto. I was yep. that person. You've been that person. That's a reason yep. we're both sitting here today trying <laughs> to help other people not be that person. So I, I'm with you. You're not going to hear an argument out of me. I think more people need to trend towards the middle ground on basically every part of their life. It just you become you become more like uh, able to mold to certain situations. If it's time for a birthday cake at a party, you're good. If it's time for yeah. uh, egg whites and oatmeal before a run, good, awesome. And uh, I think that you become able to adapt to your like baseline level of anxiety will go down because certain mm -hmm. situations you know that you'll be able to mold yourself towards. And, and, and that's definitely something that I'm sure you and I do quite often as a, as a coach. It'll be like, yeah, hey, it's time to really dial in our nutrition. We're, it's a fat loss phase. These are our calories. It's our protein. Let's yep. get some workouts. And then someone's like, okay, I'm going on vacation. You're like, I don't want to fucking hear from you. And they're like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> it's like, this is the time where it's like, hey, this is the time for us to dial in. This is the time for you to leave me the fuck alone. And so there's just it, a lot of what we do, I'm sure you do as well, is just like, making sure you know the time and the place for for being on either end of that spectrum when it's time to be in the middle and so yeah i think that's great that's super mm -hmm. well said um, well because it's a constant level of awareness right there's times you'll be like "Ooh, i've been a little bit too flexible where like half your calories are coming from mcdonald's and donuts yeah. and you're like i should probably sway to the other side a little bit more but then there's times you might be like all right I'm feeling like I'm constantly dieting. I'm feeling kind of mentally burned down. I'm feeling like I've, I'm a little bit too stressed about going 10 calories over. Uh, I'm going to dial it back the other way. And here's the thing. Welcome to how it's supposed to be. Welcome to life, right? How many times have you had an inten more intensive season of your job where like you've spent a little bit more time in the office, but then there's time on where you've like, all right, I need to probably up my execution at work. Or what? It's, it's, it's like anything else. It's a constantly moving uh Tar target so to speak you know what i mean yep so um want to pivot here into like kind of like how i like to wrap things up when i especially when i have another coach on um and the first question is i want to know and i'm sure other people want to know what are what are some of the habits and traits and potentially you know self-talk conversations that you see in your most successful clients and maybe some of the more common traits that you see in, in people that kind of get in their own way that's a really good question. Um, so a, a couple things. Number one is uh, at the end of the day, in, in these are uh, almost too simple, right? Like some people might, we're wanting like a more, uh, more elaborate answer, but at the end of the day, complexity is the enemy when it comes to this stuff. Um, that's in the first one is simplicity, right? If what you're doing is so complex and so mentally strenuous and so overbearing that it's almost like, how to handle it. Like it's too much. Like, could you explain what you're doing to a six-year-old? You know, like I can explain calorie deficit to a six-year-old. I'm like, you eat this much, eat this much. Like done, <laughs> you know, it's, 
it's do you ha- it is not just a basic understanding but like is what you're doing simple less moving parts where it's it's that way it's uh, executable uh, if that's even a word um the next thing getting kind of deeper in the mental side of it is not believing every thought you think I love that, that's a big one um it's interesting it's another it's another um uh, double standard whereas outside of fitness we don't believe every thought we think you're telling me if a you know 80 year old mr jones pulls out in front of you and you get pissed and want to run him off the road you're gonna run him off the road you're probably gonna be like i would love to but i know that's not a wise decision or you, you might get angry at your dog but you know kicking your dog is not a good idea or you might get pissed at your husband and be like ah i would divorce him right now but you know that's just an in the moment negative thought and emotion but we don't believe them but for some reason when it comes to fat loss every thought and emotion is right and validated i didn't progress i want to quit i went over on my calories on a wednesday fuck it i'm going to start over on monday like understand that every thought you think isn't true and you need especially when you're highly emotional you need to question all the thoughts you think and just first and foremost know that not everything you think is true that's that that's probably the biggest thing that i i talk to almost all of my clients about when they're struggling is is when old self comes back in these old zombies come back and like these old things they've struggled with are starting to come back is that's not you anymore that's and that's and just because you think it doesn't mean it's it's true you know what i mean there's so human beings are the only I, uh, please, somebody is going to call me out on this not being correct, but I'm, I'm mostly sure this is correct. Humans are the <laughs> only creatures that can have thoughts about thoughts, something about yes. our, just our brain complexity. Like we are the only human beings that are able to take a step back from a thought or a feeling and have a thought about that, like a tertiary, like thought about a thought. Thinking man, about what you think about. Yeah. Use that tool. Like we are, this is a God given tool, man. This is a, uh, a, an evolutionary tool that only we can do. And when you, when you are reflexive in your thinking, when your lizard brain takes over and you are acting upon every feeling that you have at the snap of a finger, you are neglecting that power. You're becoming yeah. an animal. You know what I mean? Like I don't No, you too, are. Yeah. You're you just hundred percent right. You're not using that that tool that is so unique to us. That that gap I I think that's a it's a I, I don't know if it's Socrates or somebody else, but that gap in that gap between thought and action is power. And in that mo- in that moment where you're having like, and I I'm sure that this happens all the time. But like in the moment you get on the scale, and you have an emotion, I it went up and now I'm mad. Man, you should have one more feeling. How do I feel about being mad? How is that a ra- is that mm-hmm. how do I feel about letting that emotion dictate my actions? And you, I just want you guys to use that power because you yeah. have it and no other creature has it. Yep. The the a huge thing along these lines is um and this is one of the most tactical things I could ever do as a tool is fight your emotional brain with data and logic. I'll give you an example. I was on a phone call with one of my one-on-one girls yesterday. So real 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 life example. And she has uh and she has a good amount of weight to lose. She's she's got a longer road ahead, which is amazing. I'm so blessed to be part of it. And she is, is in a kind of a mentally, it's kind of a down area for her. And it, uh, it's, and she said, I just, I, I, part of me just doesn't think I'm strong enough to, to last this thing out and to be able to actually do this. And I said, okay. I said, I respect that. I said, can I ask you something though? And she goes, yeah. And I said, can you give me other than reasons from the past, any actual reasons supporting that or data supporting that? 
I said, could you like give me a list of why you don't have what it takes to, to make this the long haul? Could you actually like give me any reasons for it? Man, it was an awkward pause. She couldn't come up with a single thing. She's lit. And, and here's the thing. She, uh, she's, she completely looked over the fact that she's been losing. She's looked over the past that she's been consistent in a very short period of time. She's already seen her weights trending down. She's already seen progress. She's already feeling better. She's already keeping the promises to herself. And it's only been like a month and she's doing really well. And I asked her, I said, would you say as, as far as like the, the nutrition and training, uh, tweaks we've made, I said, how hard would it be on a scale of one to 10? She's like, Oh, like a five. It's not bad at all. I said, okay. So you've been at a five out of 10 on F on, on just difficulty of a program, which is a good spot to be. I said, but you're feeling, and you've already made measurable progress because you're, and you're killing it. I said, but now you feel this one sort of way where you just feel like you don't, you do, you're not strong enough to make it. I said, that's the emotion you're experiencing. I said, and it doesn't sound like there's any data to support that. Like you're crushing it right now. And I said, that's why I was like, can you actually give me any black and white evidence and reasons to support it? And she couldn't come up with anything. And I said, now let me ask you this. I said, give me some reasons of why you can do this and why you like could totally make this work. And she couldn't quit talking. She And I said, interesting how you literally have a moment where you're like ready to throw in the towel. And it's all based off of identity and thoughts that are blatantly wrong. I think it's statistically, I think it, I, I'm probably going to butcher this statistic. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about, he's a, he's a neuroscientist. Mm -hmm. He talks about, I think it's your average human has 70 to 90,000 thoughts per day. 90% are the same thought in like, 85% of those thoughts are like completely wrong. That's powerful, man. That's scary. 90,000 thoughts a day. That's 90% the same thought. And they're like 80% the not even true. I think that's where education comes in. I think education yeah. arms you to combat that emotion. I don't think education does anything other than give you another piece of self-talk. And, and, and again, going back to the scale example, it's like I gained four pounds overnight. Like, without the education that if it were four pounds of fat, it would be 14 and a half thousand calories like that you would have had to gone over on your, like having that piece of logic allows you to combat that emotion. Otherwise, what do you have against, oh my God, I gained four pounds. You don't know any better. So education really gives you the tool to combat those, those emotions. It doesn't like everyone knows, you know, listen, it's, it's fascinating that people still smoke cigarettes. I mean, cigarettes are the most blatantly negative thing for your health. And they, they admit it on the box. I mean, we're talking. It literally says this will it, kill you. It's blatant. <laughs> but if it didn't say that, and if there wasn't any education, like it would be way more rampant. So it's not that education doesn't work. It's just it gives you those tools, those tools in your toolkit when you're feeling emotional to say, hey, is this? And again, I feel very strongly that all emotions and all feelings are valid. But not all emotions and feelings, like you said, have evidence to support them and have, 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 have right. logical evidence to support them. And that can at least raise a question as to, okay, well, then other than the rational logic, why am I feeling this way? Why, why, why am I so upset that I'm up four pounds when logically I know it's not fat and it's probably, you know, 0.2 pounds of fat and 3.8 pounds of glycogen and water. And like yeah. having that piece of knowledge is super important, super, uh, it arms you against that emotion. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's literally like the, the road rage example. What about it is you, if we've all had an old person pull out in front of us on the highway and we have to slam on our brakes and we get frustrated or angry or whatever. And a lot of people literally want to run them off the road. Like that is their gut reaction. Or if their dog pees on the floor, they want to literally kick the shit out of their dog. But what stops us every time? What stops you from 
doing something you know in your heart is wrong, but the emotion is saying, do it, do it, do it, do it. It's the exact same thing with this fat loss game. It, 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 it really comes down to questioning what you think about and the thought of like, think about what you think about and, and really changing your belief systems because that's where it all ties to. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. And, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's awesome. I think that having that, that break between thought and action that where you have another thought about that thought is just a super powerful tool. That's like difficult to cultivate. It's certainly a skill. Very difficult. It's certainly a skill. It's easier to cave in. Yeah. You said self-awareness. It's, it's a lot of, you know, recognition that one's emotions aren't always the thing that should just like you, we shouldn't always just act immediately upon our emotions. There should be a break, um, between that for sure. For sure. I don't want to, I want to make sure you're being respectful of your time. I want to ask you, good, bro. <laughs> I want to ask you, what is something that you still struggle with in this fitness game? That's such a good question. And I wish more people ask that. Um, I still struggle being lazy, to be honest with you. Um, I've, my natural tendency is to be lazy um, when it comes to fitness. It's interesting. I will like stay up till three in the morning creating content, but for some reason, my own personal fitness is something that I, it's, it's the first thing to go on my back burner. The first thing to go on my back burner, um, which is why I have to keep on point with, with my stuff. And I know for a fact, uh, in the world of discipline, cause discipline is just like, um, um, uh, an, any other muscle. If I start letting my little things slide, my big things slide, right? If I like, is something as small as if I quit putting the toilet paper roll back on the actual thing when it like runs out and instead of just sitting it on like the bathtub, um, it's like, what else will I let slide like that? You know what I mean? It's, it's stuff like that where like, you know, putting everything from putting the cart away at the store to picking up that piece of trash on the ground, even though it wasn't mine and I could just walk over it or, um, keeping my house clean, things like that. It's the first thing to go for me. I don't know why it's just my, my, it's, I think it's the laziness. It's part of me. Um, so if I don't keep on that, everything else goes, to, goes, to, goes to hell because I am fully convinced that just discipline is happiness and discipline is freedom. And if we don't keep those little promises to ourselves, everything else, all the big stuff will go to hell. You know what I mean? Yep. Where am I, why am I looking for discipline equals freedom? Oh, a Jocko Willink book. It's somewhere. It's, Jocko. It's somewhere Jocko's here. a man, bro. It's, it's, so, it's something here. Uh, extreme ownership and the dichotomy of leadership are staring me in the face i don't know where the discipline is freedom is but i what I, what, what you said is and i know you love this guy i know that's a that's just has andy for written all over it that's an mf ceo that's like a commitment to discipline from the ground up and like yep. man i'm gonna put, and my girlfriend's gonna kill me when she hears this like i'm gonna put the toilet roll back on the roll because my commitment to doing this and doing that and and it's easier for you to get into momentum of like doing what has to get it's done excellent. even when you don't want to do it and it's 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 almost like a uh, this like minimalist like like decision fatigue. It's like you are not deciding whether or not you're gonna put the card away. You're not deciding whether or not to put the toilet paper. You're like fuck it. I'm just going to commit to this being my baseline where I do what I need to do even when I don't want to do it, even if it's pick up the toilet paper or whatever. So that when it comes to my big things of like I gotta stay up and make content or I have to get my workout in, like that's your baseline. You're not making a decision of like yeah. is now the time I'm gonna do it even though I don't want to. Like man, this is just who you are now. And Andy's always talks about like fucking mopping the floors and, you know, making sure yeah. that, that you're doing those little things. And it sets the precedent for excellence in, in, in the big rocks mm-hmm. for sure. Are you, are you, an, are you an Arte? Am I what? Are you an Arte Andy Frisella's group? Like I am not, I'm not. I, he, he, was, okay. he was the first podcast I, I nonstop binge though, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, 
I'm like an Andy Frisella like disciple. Like it's yeah, it's 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 it. uh well um I naturally like identify with a lot of what he talks about and just his like spirit. Yeah. Um but when I did 75 hard, it totally changed the way I thought. I I did 75 hard and it was like in the world of even and I didn't talk about it because I didn't want people to think it was a fitness thing for me. It was a mental toughness and discipline thing. Uh, that totally changed the way that I view discipline and standards and excellence and just doing the harder left over the easier right or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that it, it, it totally impacts everything else. If you can't, if it's, it's the whole making your bed conversation. It's like, if you don't have the the 30 seconds to make your bed in the morning, do you think you're really going to monitor your fork 24 hours a day? The answer is probably not. So do you, do you, do you actually, because you have the knowledge of like the knock on effects of doing little things, is it like, does it ever get you like pumped up doing those little things? Like I'll get, I'll get pumped up doing the dishes. Cause I know that like, once this thing is cleared, I'm like, you know, like I, I didn't want to do this. It's done. And I, and I feel I feel fueled to then go answer emails or go make content or go do the podcast or whatever. Like something about the, like, I know I don't want to do it. And I think that that comes back to like action in spite, in spite of motivation and recognizing you won't always yeah. be motivated. Like I get pumped up sometimes when I don't want to do something. Cause I'm like, this is an opportunity to get better. This mm-hmm. is the gap between the people who make it and people who don't make it or whatever make it means. But like, I get pumped up. I'm like, wow, here's, here is the challenge. Nobody cares what you yeah. do when you want to do it. Like now is the time to actually pass people in life and pass your old self and, and become yeah. better. And so there's like little things like make your bed. I got to tell you, I, there's nothing on planet earth. I, I think making your bed, I'll, I'll argue you for the next four hours on why it's the stupidest waste of time ever. But we all have those things where it's like, yeah. okay, maybe it's not making your bed, but maybe it's folding your clothes or maybe it's doing mm-hmm. the dishes or maybe it's feeding the dog or whatever it is like that, you know, you don't want to do it. You got to start getting pumped up when that shit comes around, when you're not motivated to do something, Something deep inside you has to get amped up knowing that this is the thing that, that now mm-hmm. is the time that you don't want to do it. Now is yeah. the time that doing it makes you better. Not when you want to do it. That's fucking easy. You're the same person at the end of that. But it's when you don't want to do it. You yeah. don't want to go to the gym. That's when you get better. Mm-hmm. Well, and for some people, it, it's not fitness stuff. Like for some people like love training and it's their food that they struggle with. Or mm-hmm. some people have no problem with their food but just getting to the gym is the hard part or some people kill it with the gym and nutrition, but they hate making their bed or they, uh, they have a tendency to let their car get messy or they have a tendency to, uh, like, like the amount of coaches, like I get a lot of coaches that'll hit me up about how to build a bit, how to build an online business or how to create content or grow a following. And they'll like, they look amazing. They've spent so much time in the gym and being consistent with their nutrition, but they've made, they like make a post like once every like, like it's like just they're not consistent with creating content so like that's their achilles heel whereas like everybody's a little bit different like i like for me i could literally create content every day i could literally just do this all day every day and be in like a heightened state but when it comes to my workouts it's the last thing i want to do when it comes to eating right it's the last thing i want to do um and what's weird is because that's this is my job but no like like to be totally honest there's something i've told people like i haven't been motivated to work out in a year and a half honest to god i have not been like Let's get well, this workout, boy. Surgery, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I also just had, uh, I had just dropped my water bottle and spilled water everywhere. Um, I also had, yeah, had surgery. Uh, I should be clear in a week, and nice. from I had meniscus Congrats. surgery six months ago. But, uh, but no, dude. But even with that, like, literally, have not been motivated to work out in a year and a half. Have not had probably more than one or two workouts that I've been excited to do. But like, I. But imagine if I like listened to that and I said, "Yep, I'm not feeling it." Then I would, 
I wouldn't have worked out in a year and a half versus like, I go, well, I haven't earned my, 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 I haven't earned the feeling of being fired up. So I go work out and I always feel better after I work out. Right. No one ever does that. And then like, ah, oh, that was a waste of time, you know? So I found other things that, that, that help. Like I love doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. You right. know, I get fired up about that, mm-hmm. but like, but it goes back to the, you can't be ruled by your emotions. You know, I, there's a, there's something I said that on like a, a tweet or an Instagram story that I got a lot of feedback on it. And I said, being, letting your execution be influenced by your emotions is unacceptable. And cause it's not, we don't let that, that, that doesn't go anywhere in our life, but fitness, we let it be okay. And it just can't be. For sure. For sure. All right, dude, we're going to wrap this up. I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. If you follow me, you need to follow Jared. Jared is the man. I fucking love his content. He's got more <laughs> sound bites and one-liners than me, which I'm a little upset about, but I'm working on it. And uh, he's just a good dude. So give him a follow and uh, tell us, tell everybody where they can find you. I appreciate that, man. Um, so uh, super simple. Uh, my Most of my, my handles are at real Jared Hamilton. Uh, Instagram is real Jared Hamilton. TikTok is real Jared Hamilton. Uh, I pour a lot of content similar like to this style of stuff in my cast. It's the Hamilton trained podcast. And I am at the moment having my entire website rebuilt. So uh, here soon, hamiltontrained.com will be back up and running, but right now it's going to be a big old blank page. But, um, but yeah, otherwise when it comes to this stuff, easy spot is just my Instagram or my, my podcast and just kind of a feel for my stuff. So you enjoying TikTok? And massive. Ma- what Are you enjoying TikTok? Love TikTok, bro. Like everyone talks so much shit about it. It's just so much fun. It's just so light and it's just like more comical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting. My following there has gone uh, gone so much faster than my Instagram. Like bet, it, yeah. it was, it was crazy, but uh, I just, I enjoy it. It's just so much fun. Um, I don't know. There's talk of like the U S banning it now, but like, I don't know. It's, it's crazy, but um but yeah, but no, man, mad props to you. I really appreciate you, you getting me on here. And, and cause here's the thing. A lot of, a lot of coaches won't have this conversation. So the fact that you're like, you're willing to bring this kind of content onto your podcast really shows, um, your, your, you know, mentality as a coach, which really, you know, shows a lot of how good of a coach you are. So I appreciate you bringing me on. Thanks dude. I mean, you said you wanted to change the industry and I thought, you know, changing it alongside some people who also want to change it and want to disseminate similar information out and it being helpful information i thought it'd be the perfect person to have on awesome man i appreciate that all right um thanks for listening guys and i will see you guys in the next episode thanks for tuning in to this episode of where optimal leads practical if you enjoyed it if you found value do me a favor and take a screenshot of your phone and post it to your social media if you do tag me so i can say thanks If you ever want to get in touch with me, you can reach me at Jordan Lips Fitness on Instagram, or you can email me, jordanlips at jordanlipsfitness.com, or check out the website, jordanlipsfitness.com. I'd love to chat. Have a great day.